Merry Christmas, everyone. So we are so glad that you're here to worship with us uh, this beautiful Christmas in July morning. So um, if you noticed at our entrances, we had these awesome uh, stockings. Did you notice them on your way in, maybe at some of the tables? So uh, we have these here at the church, and these go to the Salvation Army Christmas stockings. They have a list inside of what to get, um, and you can bring those back any time in July and put them under the Christmas tree at the 5th and Chestnut entrance. So again, it's Christmas in July, and we have more Christmas in July coming later with the youth and kids as we make the Christmas shoeboxes. So that's going to be a lot of awesome, great things. But even more exciting than Christmas in July, do you know what's happening today from 3 to 5? The whole church is invited. We're going roller skating. So it's not just for kids and youth. Anybody here is welcome to go roller skating. So that's 3 to 5 today, and there's going to be pizza there too. Um, I heard some people laughing when I said everybody's invited. I'll race you. If you come, I'll race you on the roller skating rink, all right? Um, So Saturday, July 17th, the children are going to the Oxford Performing Arts to see a musical. And our very own Molly Page is going to be directing and in the show, I believe. A little bit in the show, too. So you're going to want to check that out. And uh, again, all ages can go check that out. Uh, And then Saturday, August 8th, we're calling it the most amazing youth day ever. We're going to have a big youth event that Sunday afternoon all the way into the night. Take the bus out and do some road trips. It's going to be great. And lastly, I wanted to point out we have another rose on the altar. It's great that we've been celebrating so many roses on the altar this year. Um, This is for Liam and James Hornick. Parents are Ashley and Alejandro. And you're going to recognize the grandparent right here, Sheila Freeman, who is there in the back running the cameras. Um, And also grandparents Tim and Cynthia Freeman as well. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful um, together that we can come together and worship this morning. Pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. It's time for our children to go to Children's Church. Miss Catherine and Miss Molly are going to take y'all and going to have some. I've heard what goes on in there, and it sounds a lot of fun to me. It really does. So I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for worshiping online with us. Say hello to us if you're worshiping online. Let us know where you're worshiping from. Uh, if you're at the beach, take a picture and make us jealous, right, Pastor Andy? So, but we're having fun. We're having Christmas in July here in Gadsden, Alabama, and I'm glad that you're with us. Just as a heads up, coming up soon, we are going to be having communion at the end of this service, and I want to invite you, if you're worshiping at home, worshiping online with us, for you, go ahead, think about right now what you have on hand, and you can celebrate communion with us. This time, we are going to come to uh, kneel at the altar and, and have communion that way for the first time and I don't know when, but we're still gonna have the little individual cups and so, uh, but we are gonna, since we can sit side by side, we're gonna kneel side by side today. And so uh, just, just so that you have that to, to know and to look forward to. We have our offering plates up here and in the back. I just want to remind you that, that just just because you go on vacation, don't let your giving go on vacation either. Summertime is always a struggle for us here. We love keeping doing these missions and ministries and all of these wonderful things, and we need you to continue to help. We are going to pray for our tithes and offerings. You still can give online and give through the church app. We're going to pray for your prayer needs that you send to us. Uh, I want to remind you, just send them. You can, you can put them on our Facebook page. You can send them to us. F-U-M-C at F-U-M-C-Gadson.org. There are cards in the offering plates. You can fill out a card and you can drop it in the offering plate. And all of that we will pray with our prayer team that meets every week. Will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Gracious God, this is the day that you have made it. We rejoice and are glad in it. We thank and pray. worship together here in your church, that we can be in this community, in ministry, being your hands and feet, Lord. I thank you for everyone that is a part of this worship service today. 
for everyone that is a part of every mission activity that we do. Uh, we give you thanks because it's a privilege to be able to worship you and to feel your strong presence among us today. Oh God, we pray for those who are struggling today, for those who are carrying a heavy load of grief. We've had to say goodbye to some, some church members and some family members recently, and we know that, that people carry a load of grief sometimes that doesn't always show on the outside, but is heavy on the inside. So by your spirit, lift that burden today. For those who are in need of your healing touch, I pray that you would give that to them now. For those who are in need of just encouragement and guidance, give that to them now, Lord. And for all of us, teach us to pray the prayer, Lord, that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you so much, choir. It's, just, it's sometimes it's hard to talk after something like that. It just takes my breath away. One of my favorite pieces and so well done. Oh, it's so hard to hit those notes if you've ever tried to sing. So uh, anyway, I'm glad to be here with you. How many of you got to come last week to the 4th of July celebration? I, I'm glad many of you did. It, it's, it's still there. You can still go and watch it. And, and what, a, what a great way to celebrate uh, freedom as a nation and to celebrate uh, all of the blessings that we have. We're talking about freedom all month long because every single Sunday, not just when Sunday falls on 4th of July, but every single Sunday is about the freedom that we have in Christ. And, and we're talking about that all, all month long is a celebration of freedom. We're talking today about freedom from sin. And the scripture that we're using is Romans chapter eight, verses one and two. And the words will be up on the screen for you if you wanna follow along there or just listen. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and of death. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. How many of you have ever heard the old saying, silence is golden? Uh, my mother used to say that to me when I was a kid growing up. Apparently, I never reached golden status, uh, but she would say silence is golden. Um, if you have small children, though, silence is not necessarily golden. Silence is suspicious. Do you all know what I'm saying? You hear them, at least you know what room they're in, and then all of a sudden it's quiet, and you better go check. Okay, I'm just telling you, you better go check. I was thinking about that uh, the other day. I went to see my mom again. My mom has this great basement in her house. And our kids, when they were little, uh, well, they're practically grown now. They still love going in Nana's basement. But when they were kids, Nana's basement was magical. There was all kinds of things down there. There was an old couch and an old TV. And there were toys and coloring books. And, and it was just wonderful. The, the minute we hit the door after they hugged Nana, downstairs in the basement they went so on this particular day uh they're downstairs in the basement we can hear them knocking around down there we're my mom and tammy and i are sitting in the living room and then it, it got quiet in the back of my mind i thought i really should go check but then i'll no you know how much trouble can they get in they're just in nana's basement how much trouble could they really get in and I was thinking that when the police cruiser pulled up in the, uh, in the driveway. And I thought, what in the world are, you know, are they collecting for the policeman's charity or something like that? I, okay, who knows? And so the, the officer comes up on, on the porch and my mom has a, the storm door, you know, this, this open and I can see the officer come up. So I get up, I say, officer, can I help you? And, and instead of looking at me, he's just kind of looking past me, right? He's looking, my mom and Tammy are sitting there on the couch, and he's looking, checking the room out, looking around like this. And he doesn't necessarily have his hand on his gun, but he's, he's ready, right? And he says, is everybody okay here? And I said, yes, sir. We're, I'm just sitting here talking to my mom and, and my wife. Are you sure? Everybody's, nobody's, nobody's in trouble. Everybody's okay. And then it hit me, the kids, the basement. 
they had taken my mother's old rotary dial telephone that she keeps in the basement and one of them I think was in kindergarten or something had heard if you're in trouble and you need help call 911 and so they got that old phone they were playing around with it they dialed 911 and then when they realized what happened they hung up real quick and thought okay I take that back. Well, no, you don't take it back. You call 911 and you hang up, they still, Andy used to work with a 911 center, they still know where you're calling from. And I said, officer, when I realized what was going on, I said, I'm sorry, nobody's in trouble here, but they're gonna be. <laughs> and you know, we look back and laugh at it now, it's, it's kind of become a little family legend because uh, Michael got blamed for it because he was too young to take up for himself. But as the kids have gotten older, then there starts to be hints of uh, exactly who was the guilty party. We may never know. Um, I got to thinking, though, because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't too long ago, several years ago, but not too long ago, that there were three little kids that actually were in trouble in a basement in Cleveland, Ohio. I don't know if you remember this story. I'll never forget it. Three little girls named Gina, Amanda, and Michelle had been kidnapped and they were being held in this guy's basement in Cleveland, Ohio. And I mean, not for just a few days, but for years, they were held captive in this guy's basement. Um, and they, they, I mean, they were just kids. They couldn't get out. They couldn't get free by themselves. They, well, they were never going to get free if they didn't have some help. So what I want you to think about this morning is which three kids do you think we relate to when it comes to what Paul is talking about in Romans 8 verses 1 and 2 when he talks about how that Christ sets us free? Which of those three kids do we most relate to? Our kids that were just playing around in Nana's basement or Gina, Amanda, and Michelle who really were being held in chains. You see, we're celebrating freedom, uh, freedom all month long and before we can really celebrate freedom, we have got to really get a good grip in our head about the fact that we have captivity in the first place, that we need somebody to rescue us. Now, Paul's, one of the most famous things Paul ever wrote was Romans 8, chapter 1. I, I'll, I'll read it to you again. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. A great verse. But don't miss the little three-letter word now. There's now no condemnation. Because of what Christ is in, there's now no condemnation. And that means there was a time when condemnation was there. There was a time when I needed to be rescued. You needed to be rescued. We were held captive. One of the, one of the basic gospel foundational truths in, in our theology as United Methodist is that we needed something that we couldn't do for ourselves, but that God did for us through Christ. So I want to frame 
kind of this truth, this, this freedom that we have in Christ, I want to frame it in kind of, I've got good news and I've got bad news. So I'll give you the bad news first. The bad news is we're captive. We're captive by something called sin. And, you know, sometimes we get in our mind that, okay, we know what sin is. Sin is when we do something wrong or sin is when we don't do something right. Or as the old communion liturgy used to say, the things which by thought and word and deed we have done or we have left undone. So that's kind of what we think, that we're sinners because we sin. But really it's the other way around. We sin because we're sinners. We, we're bent toward that way. We're, we're part of a, a fallen humanity, a fallen world. And, and that's kind of part of, uh, of our theology. Um, it's a problem that Paul writes about in the chapter right before Romans chapter 8 when he says we're made free in Christ well before he says we're made free he talks about being captive I want to read just a little bit of Romans chapter 7 from the message translation just because I really love how Eugene Peterson puts this this is Romans uh, 7 beginning with verse 14 I know that all God's commands are spiritual but I'm not isn't this also your experience yes I'm full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. Paul says in, in Romans 7.24, who will rescue me? Do you see? Do you feel the desperation in that? And I know it's not just me. I know that there, there are times when I really know what I want to do, but I just don't do it. I know what I need to do or I need to quit doing and somehow, the thing that I want to do, I don't do. And the thing that I don't want to do, I end up doing. And that's exactly what Paul's talking about. It's because we're prone to sin. We're bent to sin. Who will rescue me? Now, there are still people that, I don't know, kind of have the mentality that they're just like kids playing in Nana's basement. Oh, we're not, we're not that bad right we're not we haven't I haven't murdered anybody I mean I'm not terrible I'm not I'm not a bad person but the truth of the matter is just by virtue of us being human we have a sinful nature and we live in a fallen world we we're we're nature we're by nature sinners and we're by practice sinners so, and it goes all the way back, look, it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. It's something that we inherited. You don't have to teach somebody how to sin. They already know. They already know. We are already prone to go our own way instead of God's way. So, with that sin brings condemnation. If Paul says there's therefore now no condemnation, at one time there was the word condemnation is is a 
a word that means to separate and to divide. And our, our sin, that's what it does. That's what our sin does. It separates and divides us. It separates us from, from God. It divides us from each other. In order to be put right, we have to have those chains broken. We can't do it ourselves. We can't climb our way out of that basement. We can't get educated enough. We can't have self-help books enough. We're not just kids playing around in the basement. We need to be rescued. Now, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. When Paul is crying out for help in Romans 7, 24, it's kind of like a spiritual 911 call. Who's going to rescue me? Who's going to help me? And then every time, listen, every time we cry out to God for help, what's God going to do? God's going to help us. God's going to help us. Uh, Amanda was one of the three little girls who had been held captive in the basement all those years ago in Cleveland by this guy. Uh, one day, Amanda noticed that when her captor left the house that he didn't lock the inside door to the basement. And so she crept upstairs and she tested it and it was open and she got out and there was an exterior storm door that was locked. Uh, it was locked and she couldn't get out of it, but she could see through it and she, could, she started screaming at the top of her lungs, Help me, I'm trapped in here, help me, he won't let me out, help me, help me. Um, well, it was a Monday night, it so happened, and there was a guy, one of the neighbors, his name was Charles, and he was, he was coming home from McDonald's, and he had a half-eaten Big Mac in one hand, and he heard somebody screaming, and he, did, he couldn't tell if it was a, an animal screaming or or what the noise was but he knew something wasn't right and he went and he finally heard Amanda screaming and he he heard her saying help me help me I'm trapped in here and he won't let me out and he and another neighbor came and they and they broke in the door and they rescued them they rescued them Now, those little girls couldn't get out on their own. They had to be rescued. We can't get out of our own sin on our own. But thanks be to God, Jesus Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. You see, through what Christ has done for us, what we remember every time we receive Holy Communion, because of God's justifying grace to us, when we stand before God, we don't stand in our own merit and say, Look how great I've done, God. We stand and say, I am in Christ. Christ has dressed me in his righteousness and freed me from the law of sin and death. Freed me from the condemnation that I was under. So that when God looks at me, imperfect as I am, then God sees the righteousness of my Savior. And on top of that, God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can have power to, to live the life God wants us to live. We didn't have that before, but we're just trying to get along, trying to do the best we could. 
but now through the Holy Spirit we have the transforming work of God, the sanctifying work of God, helping us to have the abundant life that God wanted for us all along. We're not strong enough. We're too weak to have it on our own. But the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. This is what God has done and will do. Our lives. One of the old songs um, that I remember singing from the time I was just a little kid. We used to sing it in, in the old Brown Cokesbury hymnal. And it was one of my grandmother's favorite songs. And it's the song Rock of Ages, the hymn Rock of Ages. You, you know the hymn Rock of Ages? There's a line in there that says, Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. See, that's the great, great good news that we have today is that Christ brings us a double cure, that we're saved from wrath and condemnation. That's, that's one part of the cure. And then he gives us his, he imparts his righteousness upon us. And we're free. We're free to live and walk in the spirit. When you come to the table today, I, I want you to think about the freedom that this represents that his body broken for us, his blood shed for us is not just a ticket punched for us to go to heaven. It's setting us free. It's removing the condemnation. It's breaking the chains so that we have a chance to live abundantly. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for setting us free. And thank you that you did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. No matter how hard we try, no matter how good we try to be, Lord, we still need your forgiveness, which you freely give to us through Christ our Lord. Lord, as we come to the table today, as we take this bread and this cup, help us to remember that you paid the price to set us free and help us to embrace that freedom to walk in newness of life. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. couple of reminders I want to bring up before we receive communion. One is all are welcome at the Lord's table here at Gaston First United Methodist Church and at every United Methodist Church. We have open communion. You don't have to be a Methodist. You don't have to be a member of any church. All you have to do is have a heart that's hungry for God. You are invited to come. Um, at home, you are invited to partake, 
with whatever you have on hand and we are connected to you even though you're not in this room today we're connected with all who follow Jesus all around the world another thing is um, since we're coming to the altar today it's our tradition to kneel at the altar to receive communion that way now so I know sometimes people have knee problems, back problems, hip problems, or something that prevents them from kneeling and getting up uh, without too much trouble. If you just need to stand, then don't feel self-conscious at all about that. You just stand, and it'll be fine. You come and receive here. If you need me to come and serve you at your seat, I'll, I'll do that, okay? We just want everybody to be able to do that. Another thing is a custom for us to, to leave a communion offering on the rail of the altar if you're able to do that and God leads you to do that, anything that you just leave on this altar rail will be used for our local missions to help people who we get calls every single day for people that are needing help with something. And that's what the communion offering goes for. Now, one more thing is we're, we're still using these self-contained um, communion elements. The very top is you peel that off to get to the wafer and then you peel the next layer off to get to, to the cup. I know it's a little bit aggravating, it can be a little bit aggravating, but I'll just ask you like your kindergarten teacher asks you, help your neighbor. If you see your neighbor needs help, help your neighbor. If you don't have any fingernails, get the person next to you, but it, you can do it, I promise. You can do it if, it might take a little doing, but you can do it. Okay, we are going to, if you want to follow along in the, in the hymnal, by the way, um, our communion liturgy can be found on page 12. If you want to follow along, it's going to be up on the screen up there too. Page 12, service of word and table two in the hymnal. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful, Merciful God, God, we confess, confess that we have, have not loved you with our whole heart. heart. We, we have failed to be an obedient church. church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through, through Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ our Lord. Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. We continue with the great thanksgiving found on the middle of page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. I will invite the, the choir to come down to receive first, and then uh, if you will come down uh, as the ushers direct you. Now rise and go in peace, and may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen.
blood of Christ given for you. Now arise and go in peace, and may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. Arise now and go in peace and may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen.
body and blood of Christ and given for you. The body and blood of Christ given for you. The body and blood of Christ given for you. The body and blood of Christ given for you. Now rise and go in peace, and may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. Did everyone have a chance to get served? you stand now with me as we sing our closing hymn and I mentioned it in the sermon it's number 361 rock of ages cleft for me rock of ages
Give thanks, O Lord, for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself for us. Grant us your grace to go forth in the power of your spirit to give ourselves for others. Amen.